0: It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a
1: change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter... giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio from noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day in the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. <laughs>
3: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: What up? Welcome in. This is the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening to the show, thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb. In for Colin Cowherd. It's a Friday. The very last non-game week football Friday until the new year think about that for a second then we'll, next weekend is is that week zero never understood the idea of week zero week zero is next weekend in college football right which is it's like pre-boarding how do you board before you board a plane i don't really know but that's what we do next weekend week zero college football kicks off You are listening to The Herd live from Los Angeles. Colin is out. Gottlieb is in. Now, don't change the dial just yet. Stop it. Stop it. We still got a great uh, show for you. Dennis Dodd's going to join us. We'll talk some college football. Not just realignment, but um, (laughs) I love when the media carries the water for these ridiculous discussions about transfers uh, as Florida State had a two-time transfer shot down in terms of immediate eligibility. We'll get to that upcoming Uh, the Dodgers win their 11th consecutive game Uh, pretty amazing Sean Merriman will join us uh, upcoming next hour we'll talk some NFL with him Jeff Howell join us he's our NFL insider from The Athletic and we'll talk about uh, Dalvin Cook as well as some of the other interesting stories in the National Football League matter of fact speaking of Dalvin Cook let's get to that so in the same week in which we got Robert Sala Calling out his offensive line as a group, and I heard what Collins said, at where earlier this week, where he said, "Like, look, you, you couldn't do this in the NBA because of the egos and personalities, uh, but you can do it in the NFL in terms of calling out players." I, I would, I would point out that there's, there is a difference there. In Salah called out a position group, and the truth is, and if we could cue that up, like I'll, t- I actually think there was a miss in what Robert Sala said. Like, he's being widely hailed as, there's a guy, tells it, look, it is. Called out the group because it can't block anybody. But in the same week in which they signed Dalvin Cook, it becomes obvious, like, kind yeah, of a problem there blocking people. All right. But here was Robert Sala. Remember, this is, uh, it was out Tuesday, obviously, if you watch Hard Knocks, you can watch it anytime, on-demand, HBO, HBO Max, whatever. Uh, here's, here's Sala earlier this week.
2: You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two $10 million-plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it matters until the big boys up front change who the we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you.
4: Yeah. So look, he's calling out the motivation of the offensive line. We can't want it more than you. You guys don't want, I, I, and, and maybe that's what's missing. And I will also tell you that this is something from coaching. I have learned and from being coached. I have learned that there's a different way to motivate dudes in terms of ending it in positivity and continuing to build the cohesiveness and confidence. And maybe it's, he just doesn't think they're any good. And he's trying to get them to play harder, but, What's missing there is, hey, we got Hall of Fame quarterback. We got two $10 million wide receivers. We got the offensive rookie of the year. Now, by the way, we got Dalvin Cook coming in. And like, you guys are, we, we want to build around you. You guys are good enough, but you're just not playing like it. Like, there's there's a difference. It's like when you say you're, uh, it's like when you say you're acting like a jerk to somebody. right? You act like a jerk. Did you call me a jerk? No, no, no. I said you're acting like a jerk, which means normally you're not a jerk. Normally you're awesome, but right now, what's going on? So there is a way in which in terms of the, the, the way in which you center, you structure a sentence that you can make it positivity because the takeaway there is, Hey, these guys don't want it. And if they don't want it, they're not good enough. We'll get guys in. And that's the reality of all sports, by the way. And while I agree with Colin, that generally you don't call guys out in the NBA and this is where private becomes public because of hard knocks, he didn't call any one guy out. He called a group out, a group that widely needs motivation. But I would – the miss there is not in what he said, but how he could have put it together and made it – well, we we thought we're good at – we know we're good at offensive line. You guys just aren't playing up to your potential. You're much better than how you're playing, regardless of which. I, I just – you know, uh, it's going to pour this weekend in California. Do you guys know that? There's a Hurricane Hillary. Jokes aside, okay, stop with the political humor. Hurricane hillarys it's down off Baja, Mexico. It's coming off. It's going to scatter. And supposedly, okay, the meteorologists are predicting that Vegas and Palm Springs and desert communities are going to get two and three years worth of rain in two or three days. That'd be fun. Because, you know, those communities are built for this type of weather. Anyway. So, I was, a buddy of mine's getting ready to come play golf this week. I was like, dude, I don't think you're going to get it in Sunday. I mean, I'm, I'm picturing the Caddyshack. Holy, the good Lord would never take away the greatest round of my life. Anyway. It feels like the Jets... Have awesome clubs, right? They got some brand new, like personally made PXG clubs, right? Where they're just like perfect and lined up for them, and they drive the hell out of it, right? And they've been working on their short game and just chipping and putting, and their iron players, but they can't putt. And it is a cliche. But you, what, drive for show and putt for dough? And I, I was listening. This is Dalvin Cook talking about how good they could be. Take a listen.
5: Being on the other side of that for the last six years, you know, I couldn't be on the other side no more. So it was just like being – I got the chance to go join them and you know, help them win, win again. You know, that was that was a big thing to come, come over here. When you dig deep and look into the roster, I think all the pieces are put together. I think I can come help these guys. And you look at the running back room with MC Brees, Bam, and all those guys, with me just adding to it, I think it could be something special.
4: It, it it could, right? You have Brees Hall's back, Dalvin Cook, good wide receivers, and Aaron Rodgers, as much as Colin for years has been down on Aaron Rodgers, and he's rightfully so, by language could be bad, I've always been the Aaron Rodgers guy. Uh, but when Aaron Rodgers has gotten pissy, to, to, for, I mean, that's probably the easiest way to explain it, a lot of times it's been like, if you don't block for him. Like, what's what's the best thing Aaron Rodgers does? Back there, a little backyard football, figure it out, extend the play, throw some laser, or run for a first down at the last second. Like, there's, there's some magic to what he can do. But you can't do magic if you can't block people. It, it just doesn't work. You know, it's the basic fundamentals of the sport. And Sala was right in what he said. Like, it didn't matter if we got the best wide receivers and we got the best quarterback. You can't block up front. We got no shot. Right? Well, you can't block up front. We we got no shot. And you can be as down on Bill Belichick and what they've done on the offensive side of the ball all you want. But that guy knows a thing or two about defense. We can talk all we want about Tua and the Dolphins and whether or not he'll be able to stay healthy, but the the defense will get after you. And that division, like, they're going to get after Aaron Rodgers. And the fundamentals are the fundamentals. You can't block, you can't tackle, you can't play. Doesn't matter how pretty the ball is. Doesn't matter how talented the guys are. It, it just, it really is that simple. And you go through kind of team by team and what changes about, like, do you have to have the star quarterback to take the next? Time? Of course you do. Of course you do. You know, they're play- Mahomes is the perfect example, right? But when, Mah- like, when Mahomes lost in the Super Bowl and he looked bad in the Super Bowl, why was that? Well, he didn't have four starting offensive linemen. You can't block; it doesn't matter. Pat Mahomes is a magician, but like, he's not really a magician because magician magic is not real. <laughs> he, he he can't really disappear. He can't really transport himself. He can't really separate his limbs. He needs just a second to set his feet and then he can scramble around. You still need guys up front that can block. There are plenty of things that can derail a team from the level of talent that they have. But the first and most important is those five guys on the inside. And I like Dalvin Cook. And by the way, the Dalvin Cook signing should shut up everybody who talks about the running back market, the running back market, the running back market. Dalvin Cook may be a little bit of a depreciating player because, of course, he's coming off of that second contract, which he didn't wasn't able to fulfill. They paid him to walk away. But free and clear, no trade, no nothing else. He got one year, you know, bonuses could take it to eight and a half. It's probably in the six and a half million variety. Like, what is the discussion about values of running backs when the value is based upon comps and what guys make on the open market? But I like Dalvin Cook. I like Brees Hall. I like what they got outside the numbers. Who doesn't? And who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers? And a motivated Aaron Rodgers who wants to go F you to everybody who thought that he was done or even to the Packers who he just seemed done with the whole thing. Like, all of that works. I'm not disputing it. I've never been a denier of how awesome Aaron Rodgers is, especially when he's mentally, emotionally in the right place. But, I mean, Pat Mahomes... Can't win without an offensive line. Aaron Rodgers sure as hell can't either. You are never going to take money off your buddies on a Sunday if you can't putt. If you can't putt. You drive for show, you putt for dough. And the same is true in the National Football League. Doug Alley, for Colin. This is The Herd. Coming up next, we're a week away from college football getting underway. Realignment is here. It's real at least in one league, the Big 12. Russia Leagues, it's a year away. I think what's fascinating is who's actually gonna win out of this version of realignment. And oh yeah, by the way, in their last in their last year in the Pac twelve, can USC win a national championship? We'll discuss next
3: in the herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
0: For eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
4: wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb for Colin. This is The Herd. Dennis Dodd will join us in one moment. Uh, we got Herdline news coming. We got a lot of stuff upcoming. Let's welcome in Dennis Dodd, CBS College Football writer, as we are a week away from this college football season. D- Dennis, look, uh, the Big 12's expansion starts this year. Uh, next year, obviously, we have the Big 10 and the complete realignment that we've seen thus far. Still waiting word on what happens with the, uh, the remaining Pac-12 schools. But if you were to take a breath and say, hey, Um, at this point in time, again, before we get to, maybe you can count next year, what program wins the most and what program loses the most out of realignment?
5: Oh, boy. Um, Since we're not done, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're not done yet. And so not knowing where Stanford's going to end up, the fact that they might, you know, have to be independent if they can't find a home, I, I would say, you know, Stanford's got to be right up there. Uh, the, the powers that be, the networks, of rights holders, drew the line at those four Pac-12 schools. And if Washington State, Oregon State, and Cal end up in, say, the Mountain West, which may be the case, then you'd have to put them in there, but at least they have options. Stanford, I have a hard time envisioning Stanford if it comes to that, playing in the same league with Fresno State, San Jose State, and East Carolina. You know what I'm saying? In the American,
4: I'd have to say Stanford right now. Well, I, I think that that one's obvious. I mean, look, look, the 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 legit academic institutions trying to uh, trying to compete in these leagues. I mean, Northwestern, regardless of the off the off season uh, disaster they've had. They were a disaster on the field, even with Fitz, who everybody likes, because you can't compete with the transfer portal. You you have to they have to take legit student athletes. In addition, to the fact that they can't compete in NIL, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, and Stanford they were they were screwed in the big leagues to begin with. Uh, but I think, you know, I think Houston could be the biggest winner, and I think Oklahoma could be the biggest loser outside of obviously the Pac-12 yeah. schools remaining. And and am yeah. I my logic behind Oklahoma? Is they were a dominant team, a dominant force, really in in most sports in the Big Twelve, and a big reason is that they had greater resources outside of anybody outside of Texas, you know, and they'd had a storied history of success. Now you go into the SEC, and yeah, budget wise, you're mid pack, you know, you're not you're not LSU, you're 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 not Texas. Obviously, they haven't figured it out you're more in line with the Arkansas of the world than you've ever been before. And that's not, you can't compete with the, the Bama's and the Florida's and the Georgia's. Like I, I, this is going to change dramatically. What should be the reasonable expectations of Oklahoma football. And it's not like they're coming off of an incredibly dominant year. I, I know you can flip it a lot quicker now with NIL, but I, I feel like, whereas Houston, this is all they've needed, right? They're well-funded, they have the prime location. Yep. Now you're in a big-time league. It's going to take a year or two for them to adjust to the, to the level of, of talent, the depth of uh, big, uh, big 12 talent is composed to the American where they came. But I think they could be the biggest winner.
5: i I say BYU as well because people forget this. BYU, uh, a while ago, was a national program. And they were in WAC. They won the national championship in 1984 playing in the WAC. Okay, that was a million years ago. But I think now with access in the Big 12 to recruits in Florida and Texas, and obviously they recruit all over, we know that. But play independent, they were out there just, you know, in limbo. I think this gives them a purpose. I think they become better. I'm going to add Texas to your list with Oklahoma. I know they're good this year, but they haven't done squat in 14 years since, you know, uh, Colt McCoy hurt his arm in the Rose Bowl championship game. And what's win the big twelve? that's a great send off, but what you're saying, Doug, is the price poker poker's just gone up in the s e c and no matter what happens with those two schools this year, they walk into that conference
4: at best at best
5: the fourth and fifth best programs in that league yeah,
4: yeah the but they they're, they're, they're they are they are still texas they're a lot they they they're like florida they they're like georgia they're like like they they, they look and feel like those it. They, I don't know. I feel like it's more of a fit. They get the A and M rivalry back. I don't know. I. I just. oklahoma yeah, It's, a, it's
5: s- a fit, but it's you're not going to Ames, Iowa anymore. they are traded losing to Kansas State and Iowa State. No question. Losing to Alabama and LSU, which is a yeah. better quality loss. I mean that no. sums up the whole reason, but that's what it is.
4: Yeah. Um. Okay. So this year, this year, uh, this is a. It's a wild year with the transfers. It's a wild year with the, like, we're halfway through the kind of reconstruction of the conferences. Let's start out, West. You'll uh, see close last year when they just tried to fix it quick in terms of the defense. They still have Caleb Williams. It's year two. What's the likelihood they get to the college football playoff? Uh,
5: they've got to, the defense has to get better. The defense has to be average. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on their defensive coordinator, um, because there was a problem that Oklahoma. They were good up until the point that someone could gash them in the playoffs. And they, before then, they could win out scoring people. Because get the playoffs, you've got to be more consistent. I, I'm all over Washington in the Pac 12 this year. I think Michael Penix Jr., because the Heisman, he led the country, led the country in passing last year, yards per game. Not Cannabis, Michael Penix Jr. And so, in year two under Cam DeBoer, I I take them to win the league. I have them like fifth preseason going in. So I know everybody's all over USC. The the story that you're referring to is this could be, if not one of the best Pac-12 seasons ever, considering what they've got coming back. The tragic, you know, dichotomy is going to be the last season.
4: Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Um, okay, we're going to see Notre Dame next weekend. Um, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new style. I don't think anybody questions the defense. Where's Notre Dame in the national championship hunt?
5: Uh, not in the top four to begin with because we know what Notre Dame has to do. They basically have to go 12-0 and to get to the playoff, and they've, they've done that. I don't know if this is that team, but Sam Hartman's the best quarterback they've had in a long, long time. And I think for him to spend his last year there, as much as he's accomplished at Wake Forest, is going to be huge. Um, you know, new offensive coordinator, obviously, Tommy Reese goes to Alabama to promote the tight ends coach. We'll see how that goes. But I, Notre Dame doesn't spring to mind as one of those teams that is going, you know, boy, you have to get past Notre Dame this year to get to the playoffs. I'm be wrong. I don't know. Um but they're going to be better. they will be more fun to watch offensively, especially with Ohio State going there. That's going to be huge in September.
4: Uh, okay. Um, you have the big two in the SEC. Who's the most likely to break through uh, that kind of blockade of Georgia in the East and Bama in the West?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, a lot of people think LSU is going to win the West. Um, it's not even a, a discussion. Not that they're going to win by a large margin, but – um, you know, that Alabama with quarterback uncertainty, really having to change, I guess, the philosophy of the program, not a philosophy that is unknown there, because prior to 2014 in Lane Kiffin, they ran the ball, played defense, and punted, and had game manager quarterbacks. That may be what they have this year. Um, with what looks like Jalen Milrow maybe nosing out in front, but Nick Saban's keeping a tight lid on on that race, but he's no slower. Um you know they can make him into a game manager you know uh, Tyler Buckner as well from the transfer from Notre Dame I, I would definitely say LSU Tennessee's going to fall off a bit but they get Georgia at home and we know we know Joe Milton the quarterback can throw it to the moon just don't ask him to hit the moon <laughs> you know what I mean
4: um great <laughs> ask, you, great I, athlete, I, but yeah yeah no i mean i remember him from michigan we we yeah. we 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 know we, we do, in fact, know. Um, last, last two years, Michigan's been better than Ohio State. Re- reset the Big Ten, again, as it's currently constructed. As of now, Michigan ranked slightly ahead of Ohio State. What are your expectations in the Big Ten?
5: It's The best team Jim Harbaugh's had at Michigan in his, what, nine years. They get Ohio State at home. Ohio State reeling a bit, despite making the playoffs. You know, led Michigan at halftime. They got blown out in the second half at home. Had had Georgia beat, um, then Marvin Harrison Jr. goes down, and that goes away. If they win that, they're probably defending national champions. But I think they've got too much to replace for Michigan not to win that league for a third straight year. C.J. Stroud's gone. Um,
6: you know, they're going to have a new
5: quarterback. They've got a battle there. They're loaded at most every other spot. They have to replace three offensive linemen, but that's not a big deal at Ohio State. But again, that game at Notre Dame, uh, Michigan. I, I don't. I don't know when Michigan plays. You know, a, a live, a live opponent. Um, you know, that, that first four weeks, and then Rutgers. I think the first five weeks with it. Uh, at, at Nebraska and after that. At Nebraska. Nebraska. So, that's, so that's first five weeks. So I, I think they kind of roll to the, roll to the title, and you know we're going to see it in future years with the expanded playoff. The loser of the Ohio State Michigan game could easily be in
4: the playoff. Oh no question. Now they also they play at Penn State as well at Michigan State. We'll see if they can have a resurgent year at Penn State at Maryland then Ohio State. That's how they finish the year for, for Michigan. So and, and Penn State feels like I think they think they're close. Okay. You know we'll we'll see it we'll see it quarterback for the Nittany uh, Nittany Lions. Um, last thing I, I think maybe the most interesting team. Uh, continues that, you know, for us, us who love college football is Texas A&M, right? You bring Bobby Petrino in to run the offense. Yeah. And Jimbo Fisher's, it was kind of weird in the spring, and now he's getting to let him run the offense, and they're working together well. Uh, they've obviously killed it in NIL and going out and getting dudes. Uh, but there was talk last year of them buying out Jimbo Fisher. I don't think it's real with like $75 million left on his contract or yeah. something crazy. How does it play out?
5: That's one of the more fascinating psychodramas of the season. you got Bobby Petrino coming in, and Jimbo still won't say that he's going to call plays. You know, he had that famous line that uh, at the, the SEC media days, well, I, I, I hope he calls the plays or something like that. What do you mean you hope? You're the head coach. You give him that authority. So, and Bobby Petrino, despite his other failings, perhaps, is a hell of a play caller, and that's why he's there. And this team will be good. Connor Wegman is, is possibly. Probably the best quarterback Jimbo's had there. Uh, They're one of the best receiving rooms in the country. That defensive line is going to realize its potential from two years ago when they had uh, the top, what was the top recruiting class of all time or whatever it was. So they'll be eight and four good, and the breaks will, you know, will determine whether they win nine or ten. And so, is eight and four good enough? I think it is. There will there will be so much promise. But seven and five and lose to the wrong people, and get blown out by Alabama, um, you got a problem there. So I, I look, we talk about the money and all the money being thrown around and realignment. If it goes bad enough there, those people with A and M will find enough money. They, when oil hit a high uh, ten years ago, they just tore down that one half of that stadium and one off season, spent five hundred million dollars and got one of the biggest season, uh, biggest stadiums in the country. So I think there'd be enough people to write the checks. If things go bad enough, I don't think they'll go bad enough. Yeah.
4: Dennis, great stuff. Can't wait for the season to kick off uh, upcoming next weekend. Thanks for joining us in the H.E.R.D. All right, Doug, thanks. My yeah, Pleasure is all mine. Dennis Dodd, of course, writes for CBS Sports. He joins us in the H.E.R.D. here on Fox Sports Radio, the I Radio app. Let's get to Ryan Music with the news. No,
3: no, no, no. Turn on the news! This is the Herdline News.
6: Doug, good morning to you. Good to be alongside with you. Let's start with some NFL, some great college football discussion there, but we're going to turn our attention to the pro pros. Lamar Jackson has a big new contract, and the Ravens will have a new offense under their new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, also new, the addition of O'Dell Beckham Jr. Speaking of O'Dell... Here's what he had to say about his expectations for this new-look offense.
1: I definitely think he wants to throw the ball,
5: and we got a lot of talented guys, so I think just finding ways to get the playmakers uh, the ball in their hands and be an explosive offense, I think that's what stands out the most.
6: So Odell Beckham Jr. expects this offense under Todd Munkin to incorporate some more pass plays, which is something that we know – Lamar Jackson had his complaints about. It's likely the reason why Greg Roman was released at the end of last season.
4: Uh, I think it's fascinating. You know, it's like Lamar Jackson wants to throw more and run less, and yet he's the most dynamic running quarterback who can throw in the history of the league. He just is. He, he's now he's the volume of runs I think is would be troubling to people like in terms of him you know, playing. You know, he's missed a lot of games the last two years, although last year when he was hurt, it was in the pocket. And and I, I would say that if you look at what Tom Munkin did with Stetson Bennett, who, uh, please don't anybody confuse me saying that Stetson Bennett is in the solar system of athletes of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm saying last year with Stetson Bennett, they had a lot of design runs at Georgia. They just weren't like read option. So I think he's still going to run a good amount. Um, but I just... I just question this idea of he has a superpower as a runner. Are we really going to take that away just because he wants to throw more and show he can do something that people think he needs to do to win a Super Bowl? Like, I don't know. I just, I want to see it first to believe it and to believe that it works. Um, The Ravens are always good. I mean, even without him, most of last year, they made the playoffs, and without that kind of bizarre fumble on the goal line, they might beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. But I just, I don't really understand this push to have him run less, substantially less, considering he's, I think, inarguably, but maybe arguably, in, again, in the context of the best quarterbacks in the league, he's the best runner I've ever seen play the position.
6: Yeah, I I would say I mostly agree with you. Uh, If you were to be the Ravens and sort of take their perspective on all of this, I suppose their thought process is, if everyone stays mostly healthy, this is without a doubt the best wide-receiving core that Lamar Jackson's ever had in the NFL. If Odell's healthy, uh, Rashad Bateman, who's a first round pick from a couple years ago, and their new draft pick, Zay Flowers, who's apparently getting rave reviews in camp. Um, maybe that's how they see this being. Well, part of why Lamar ran so much was we never really had a great go to wide receiver.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to say, like, they've used multiple first round picks on wide receivers.
6: Oh, absolutely. And, and J.K. Dobbins is
4: one of those things he does is catch the ball in the backfield. And, you know, they've had multiple tight ends. Mark Andrews is. One of the highest paid tight ends, one of the best tight ends. Totally. In the agree. League. The Absolutely. The perception has been that the Ravens haven't allocated the resources to a wide receiver because they haven't paid big name free agents. The reality is that big name free agent wide receivers generally didn't want to come and play in the read option because they wouldn't get the ball as much. Sure. And because he's not crazy accurate. And so you draft guy. They've they've used first, second round picks a ton to get wide receivers. I would agree. He does on paper have a good crew with him and he's got a respected offensive coordinator and he's fully healthy. Now the proof will be in the pudding.
6: All right. We'll touch on this before there's a fantastic NBA story. Shockingly enough that I want to get to, Patrick Mahomes, so far in his career, thankfully for us getting to watch him play, has only had like one significant injury where he did suffer that dislocated knee back in 2019 on a quarterback sneak. Mm -hmm. Since that injury, Andy Reid has been reluctant at all to call another quarterback sneak for his franchise quarterback. Well, Patrick Mahomes is saying, let's bring that back.
0: I always want to because I always say that I, I haven't got stock yet because even the one that my knee I got hurt on I still got the first down um, but uh I'm pretty sure he's he's not gonna let me do it unless it's like for the Super Bowl or not so uh, I might have to call my own number in the Super Bowl if we get there
6: I don't blame Andy Reid at all it very rarely feels like it's worth getting a first down in week seven potentially costing you three to four games potentially the rest of the season of Patrick Mahomes
4: well I, I think one one gigantic question that people have is: Okay, so the Eagles were the best anyone's ever seen at at that yeah. quarterback sneak, right? Correct, correct, yeah. And at some point, somebody is going to adjust, or the rule is going to adjust. But to this point, it hasn't happened. So that part is that's a that's like a if you watch enough football, you're like, I really want to see what happens with that if somebody can figure out a way to stop the Eagles in that style of of uh, of 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 going for the first down. All right, what's the NBA story?
6: All right, here it is. James Harden, the gift that keeps on giving Doug. Daryl Morey and the 76ers called off trade discussions after teams were unwilling to put together a trade package of their liking. Harden earlier this week called Morey a liar while on a promotional tour in China. Now here is the latest of from James Harden on a Houston television station talking about the current situation. Do you have an open line of communication with, with the 76ers, and how much patience do you need to have to, to let this play out? I'm just
5: I'm i been patient all summer, so uh, for me it's just uh, focus on what I can control, and that's uh, you know working out, staying in shape, and uh, getting ready for a good season
6: to to repair the relationship. Uh, I think so. So things not looking <laughs> not looking great. For the 76ers and James Harden, um, he apparently also reportedly is going to try and make things as uncomfortable as possible. The interesting thing here is Daryl Morey and the 76ers have been through this with Ben Simmons, most notably, not that long ago, so they're willing to ride it out. Now, this was also fantastic. This came out this morning. Harden's former head coach, Kevin McHale, with the Rockets, talked about his relationship with Kevin Hart... Kevin McCain talking about his relationship with James Harden. Going back to their playoff game six against the Warriors in 2015, sorry, against the Clippers in 2015, when they erased a 19 point deficit in the last 15 minutes of the game with Harden on the bench. Quote, he never forgave me. He came in the next year. He came to camp. He was fat, didn't feel like playing, and I got fired 11 games into the season. He had a plan. No one's holding out are holding back on the James Harden criticisms these days. Well,
4: I I think that like going after the guy who's championed you for years when he was in China. I mean, that's a so so who who's going to stand on the table in the conference room and say we got to have James Harden right now come hell or high water. Right? Who who is that going to be? And reportedly he wants to go to the Clippers. Um uh, that one would be would be fascinating, right? Because it would reunite him with Russ, and they actually like Russ in L.A. Would that work together? I just it's going after Daryl Morey is the interesting one because Daryl Morey has reportedly always had your back, and if that's the one rabbi you have in the room, and now all of a sudden you're gonna it's it's one thing to want to be traded, it's one thing to think the guy's a liar, and 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 your friendship or relationship is dissolved. That's great. When it becomes public, that's a different sort of level, and I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, oh, wait, you—you want to ruin everything, kill your trade value, and ruin my reputation? You can just sit there. You sit there and wait and collect dust, and we'll send you to Basketball Siberia and see how that works for you. Right? I'm trying to think. Where would Basketball Siberia be in this upcoming season? Would it be? Would it be Charlotte?
6: Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte's not great. Uh, Greg Tui saying Detroit,
4: Detroit, yeah, yeah, basketball Siberia, and it's Ryan music with the news.
6: Well, that's the news, and thanks for stopping
3: by the herd line news.
4: So, uh, look, the Dodgers won their eleventh straight last night at the Ravine, beating the uh, beating the brakes off of the Brewers. But it's how they're doing it that I think is most fascinating. We'll share that with you next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
3: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever
0: you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, it's the herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic, super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to Draft. DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, HERD, That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Juan Gabriel. Juan Guis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azucar.
0: You're my favorite icon.
1: Aw, Joseph!
0: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurda Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
4: Summer's over. Football starts in a week. Say hello to the endless hot water at home with Navian tankless water heaters. Right now, save hundreds on the new Navian tankless water heater with local utility company rebates and federal tax credits. Find your local Navian contractor at tanklessmadesimple.com. You know something interesting going on in Major League Baseball. Obviously, you have disastrous seasons in New York with the Yankees, and even more so with the Mets, um, the St. Louis Cardinals. Ugh. And I think, and we've discussed this when I've sat in for Colin. I've discussed this on my own show, which follows this show. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, three to five Eastern Time, noon to two Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, where. Major League Baseball has undergone a, uh, a complete makeover in terms of style of play. And it's, it's really hard to, to kind of figure it out before it happened. You know, there's no shift. So now you have to, you have to actually be able to move and cover your position. Right? You, you can't stick three, four guys over on one side of the, of, of the diamond and cover up the fact that your second baseman can't move. Your your third baseman can't move. It's a lot harder. Additionally, offensively, you're actually better off putting it in play than you have been in the last couple of decades because, well, they increased the base size, which has opened up the doors to far more stolen bases. Yeah, there's the pitch count, the hitter count, hitter clock, pitcher clock, all that stuff. But... Bringing athleticism back into the game is one of the reasons that I think some of these younger teams, more vibrant teams, more athletic teams, and as opposed to the teams of the big boppers who run hot and cold, uh, aren't, aren't nearly as successful. Then you look at the Dodgers, and this was a weird year for the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers are perceived to have just endless resources of money, plus they have an incredible farm system, but the lack of off-season moves, especially the pitching staff or the bullpen, and even the trade deadline—not really like trying to kill it and go for the jugular. I—it feels like a year, or felt like a year. It's kind of a just stay flat year, and then next year you go out and get Shohei Otani, You adjust some things, and you 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 try and make a run. Like Atlanta's the best team. Let's not screw with it. We'll just be good. But the Padres obviously are a bit of a mess. The Mets, who people thought would be good, have now, you know, broken off their two older starting pitchers. And here the Dodgers are winning in 11 in a row. It's weird that this team, and maybe it is a product of being a team, still have very good players. Like, let's not act like they got a bunch of, they still have Mookie bets, you know. You still have plenty of talent there. But I don't know about you. And Freddie Freeman obviously have an incredible season. And by the way, speaking of win win, I mean, how about Freddie Freeman? Great with the Dodgers, replaced by a guy who's leading the National League in home runs. Like win win in Atlanta and and in LA with that move. But with Matt Olson. But I mean, here are the Dodgers are. They sit, they're looking down at the Padres, at the rest of the West. They won eleven a row. They're playing their best baseball. I, I don't know if that changes people's uh, how upset they'll get if they fall flat in the postseason. But its I, I don't think there's anybody who would argue it's been a surprisingly outstanding regular season. And the fact that they're playing better and better baseball, despite still having some of the same flaws rotationally whatever, it's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. It's weird. It'll take... I'm trying to think how long it'll take people to figure out that baseball is a different watch than it used to be. Like now you go to a game and you're in your car and sometimes home at the three-hour mark. And and the actual in-game is a lot more exciting. There's a lot more guys in the base pass. There's a lot more action to it. Almost all the rule changes they've made seems to have worked. But there's still the... Mainstream, like just the other night. Yes, last night I was having sushi with my daughter, and she's like, "You know, baseball is kind of boring." I said, "Well, you know, that's kind of the charm to it—is you can go with friends and hang out and talk and still see the game, but it's less boring than it used to be." Right? What if that was the? What if that was the ad slogan? Do you guys? Uh, two of you may remember music you're not old enough to remember. There was a, a Richard Dreyfuss movie where it was uh, like there was a company that did ad campaigns and they actually went to a mental health hospital and they came up with the slogans and one of them was uh, Volvo, boxy but good, right? Or boxy but safe or something like that. What well, was Major League Baseball's like slogan was? Major League Baseball. Less boring than it used to be. I don't know. Because it really isn't boring. It's a lot more exciting to watch, but it's definitely not at the pace of other sports. All right, coming up next... Uh, the Denver Broncos makeover continues. Wait till you hear the volume of reps that Russell Wilson's going to get in their second preseason game. May surprise you. It's next in the herd.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen.